Hey guys, this is Naeem, and you've reached the Mosaic Church podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community, and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there, and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. You love or lead anyone around you. You want to leave a permanent mark on their lives. Jesus is not random with you. And so he wants you to find purpose in the biggest story. And the biggest story is his story. Good morning, friends. Man, wow. Hey, what a what what an amazing morning it's already been, right? Well that man, we've got uh wanna shout out live stream here. Have you have you made some noise for them? Have we done that? Let's make some noise for them. And those of you guys up top, what's up? I see you, I see you. What is up? Hey, so last week was pretty epic, and this week it's going to be epicer. If is that a word? Yes, it is. Because I'm making it up. I'm making it up. Uh, so last week, if you missed it, uh, actually, i got to recap a little bit of what, we, what happened last week. So I think we got a video. Let me see if we can play uh, this video right here. So that happened last week. But by the way, you guys were looking for yourselves, weren't you? You're like, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me. So if you missed it, uh, what we did was is that we asked uh, you guys at the end of the service uh, to walk out there to our space that's going to be a gymnasium and uh, to write down your prayers and hopes and dreams. And you guys did a beautiful job. Uh, and in fact, we want to do that again this week because some of you guys uh, only come once every six months. So that's cool. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. We know who you are. We do. We do. We do. We love you. We pray for you sometimes, but joking, I'm joking. Uh, but those of you who uh, last week you were online and you're like, oh, I missed it. Uh, you, you're here today and you're, you can participate. But also bonus, uh, we in fact have another space that we've been able to acquire as well. And uh, Pastor Christian will talk details about that at the end of service. So you will get a chance to do the same thing. Take a Sharpie and just write down prayers and hopes and dreams. We've got some really awesome ones. We have some funny ones too. Uh, someone wrote, good luck. Uh, that was good. That was great. That was great. Uh, what was the best one? What was the funniest one was, I uh, hope this works. Hope this works. That was good. I think they kept on writing, but uh, I think it was awesome. But we were, the reason why we are doing that is because we do believe that God is allowing us and all of us uh, uh, to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And the series is about the stories that God is writing uh, with our help. Uh, in a sense, where, where you allow the Spirit to move in you and through you and then begin to kind of write the story of your life. And, and we believe the stories are so important. 
Like information is powerful, but stories transform people's lives. And so your story matters. And uh, what God is doing in you, through you matters. And I, we, we want you uh, to share your story because it will transform people's lives. And the truth is, is that, um, that we want to leave a mark in people's lives. We want to leave a sort of a permanent mark in people's lives. And stories and the, 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 the story that we're writing is going to leave a huge mark on people's lives. And so we want to encourage you to do that. We believe in the power of stories. And so the series is about that. We've been talking about it. And last week we talked about the idea of like God wants to use uh, uh, you. And it's not just like when I say you, uh, I mean you, you as in everybody. Yes, everybody, but he's very intentional with you. God is not random with anyone. And so when, you know, when we hear the verse, for God to love the world that he gave his only son, uh, the world also means you. It means you. That God so loved you, uh, that God is speaking to you. And if you're in this environment, either watching or you're here present, I just want you to know that you're not here by accident. I mean, I know you decided to show up. You're like, I'm going to do this. But there is a unique moment that God has set up for you, something that God wants to deposit in you. I truly believe that. It's not hype. I'm not more trying to sell you on something. I just want you to know that there's going to be a part of you that goes, I, I needed this. I needed to be reminded about this. And so, so I pray that you and I would begin to really partner with God to write the story and, and then to share this story. Because man, like I said, stories transform, transform people's lives. So let's talk about that story, right? I want to go into a particular story uh, today, but let's, just start, let's talk about the fact that there are some people in our lives that are good storytellers, okay? And then there are other people who are not, okay? Do you know anybody who's just not a good storyteller, okay? The people who are really bad at it, they will never raise their hand. They're like, I'm phenomenal. I'm amazing. Okay, uh, let me ask you this. How, do you have people in your life that, that w- when they start talking, you roll your eyes? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, we got some, we got some. You're like, you're like, oh God. <laughs> Have you ever been a part of a moment where someone is sharing the story and then, and then you're like, uh, I'm sorry. That's not how it went down. Like, that's not, that's not how you, that's not how, that's not happened. That, that didn't happen. That don't happen. My, my daughter does this. She goes, mm. <laughs> really? Really? Like, and then do you know people in your life that when they start telling the story, they leave out certain important details. They hyper-focus on the ones that no one cares about, but then they miss out this important detail. And you know the details in stories matter, right? Because all of a sudden, if you take out a particular detail, the hero becomes the villain in the story. And you know and I know when we tell stories, we like to be the what? Hero. We do. We do. So we can leave out a little bit of details. I mean, Instagram, the, the rise of social media is based on that, right? You tell a story of your life, it's the, it's the most filtered, the best parts, the coolest parts, the, hey, I'm so, I'm so cool, I'm relatable to, you know, like that kind of stuff. We, we do this on purpose. Why? Because we, we remove certain details of our stories. And the problem is that we, we believe that our flaws and our fears, like things we are afraid of and because we're afraid we don't do certain things and, or we did certain things or we made choices, we said yes, we shouldn't have said yes, we, out of fear we've made decisions in our life. Those stories, the stories about our flaws, we're like, ah, I can't get it right, I'm not quite sure, I'm not good at keeping friends, I'm not good at picking friends, I'm not good at keep, picking dates, I'm not good at, you know, like all of those things are flaws we don't necessarily like to put those in the story 
And the problem, though, is, is that, if, that, that our flaws and our fears are really the most powerful stuff in our story. The, the, the way God interacted with us, the, where God met us in the middle of our fear, in the middle of our flaw, that's, that's where the power is. That's where the juice is. That's where the real life is, not in everything else. And see, if we don't start uh, uh, just owning our flaws and our fears that are part of us and part of our stories, if we don't do that, what's going to happen is our flaws and our fears will end up defining our identity and our purpose. Like, it'll, 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 it'll define you, the kind of identity you have. Like, you, you, you're like, I, I'm this kind of person because of my flaws, I'm this kind of person. Or because of your fear, fear, you will not step into a deeper purpose, a bigger purpose, a most significant purpose. And so the only way to move past our fears and our flaws is actually expose them. And better us than someone else, right? <laughs> better us. Better us. It's better to humble yourself than to be humiliated. Okay? So write that down, right? It's so true. It's so true. And so what I want you to get from this morning is this, hey, um, God, wants, God wants you to own those. Own those. And the problem is that some of our flaws and fears some of them are, you know, easy ones, like, you know, like everybody has them. But then the other, other ones um, are like deeper. The, what I mean by that is that they, because of our flaws, because of our fears, and because they've shaped a little bit of part of our identity back in the day or maybe even now, we've ended up doing some things. Like we ended up starting a habit that we, we sh- probably shouldn't have done. Like it was, it was coping, it was, it was, it was good. For, I mean, it would, it, we thought it was good for a season or we, we, we thought this, I, this is the relief I want. But the problem is that, that sometimes coping can become cravings and cravings then begin to shape our character. And that, that just changes the game for so many of us. Have you ever been like in a moment, you're like, ah, what, am I, what am I doing? I don't like who I've become. I, I don't like who I've become. I, I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be this, this woman. I, I, I don't want to be this dad. I don't want to be this wife. I don't want to be this grandparent. I don't, I don't want to be this college student. I don't want to be this friend. What do I, what do I do? What's, what's happening here? The reason is, is that some of our actions have, are beginning to shape our character. But the cool thing is, is that if you own your story, if you un- understand that, then you can write the ending. But if you don't own it, then someone else and some other things write the ending of your story. But regardless where you are right now, you can, you can write it. And so this story that I want to go to, it's a fascinating story. It's about a guy who, was, who interacted with Jesus, and this guy was out of his mind, and he was possessed by like a lot of demons. Now, if you know the uh, gospel stories, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like the guy with, um, uh, with so many uh, demons in him, and then there was a, there was a, there was like two thousand pigs. And tell me if you know the story, anybody? Okay, how many of you do not know the story at all? Okay, good. All right. Okay, I can make it up. I can, I can, I can leave out the details. So basically, the story is that Jesus interacts with this guy, and this guy has demons, and the D, Jesus asks him his name. What, what's your name? And the guy says, anybody know? Okay, we got some people here. Okay, so Legion, uh, Legion, and then he uh, gets them out of this guy, and they go into pigs, and the pigs uh, run off a cliff. Like, that's the story, okay? So I don't know what you've heard about this story, and maybe you're like, oh, I, I get it. Oh, what's the moral of the story? I don't know. Don't eat pork? I don't know. What, what, what's the story? What's, what is it? What is it? Okay, so what I want to do is I want to go in to this passage, 
But I want to do what we like to do here at Mosaic, and that is go a little bit deeper into the context of what, where, and who uh, wrote this, and, and uh, what is the Middle Eastern mind looking at? Because when Jesus spoke, uh, sometimes in translations of the Bible, it's, it's, it's made for Western m- the mind, but Jesus was actually talking to Eastern people. And so there's so much uh, that we sometimes miss. So let's just jump in, okay? We jump in. This is Mark 5. Okay, Mark, uh, it's not a speed, but Mark 5 is, is, is the Gospels. And so the story starts off there, okay? And it starts off by saying this. It says, when they went across the lake to the region of, what's that word? Yeah, I know. People are like, wow, it's a trick. Okay, so uh, Garrison, okay, we'll call it Garrison. They went across the region. Okay, now this is a very important part of the story. So if Mark's writing it down, and if Mark was here, we're like, okay, Mark, tell us what happened. I know you wrote down that you guys went across the region. Tell us what, why did you guys go across? Where were you to go across? What happened? So if Mark was here, he would say, well, here's what happened. Well, here what happened is, is that, you know, I've been hanging out with, uh, with Jesus for a long time, and we do all kinds of cool stuff. And we actually go to different places, but mostly it's around Jewish people. Okay, so it's Jewish people, and we're healing Jewish people, and then sometimes here and there, a Roman soldier, a Roman person would come up, uh, and Jesus would heal them. Maybe sometimes a Samaritan. We don't like Samaritans because they're not really Jews, whatever, whatever. But anyways, he would heal them, but we kind of hung out with Jewish people and in Jewish spaces. But this time, this time, Jesus wanted to go across the lake to this region, and this region was non-Jewish. This was the first time Jesus was like, hey, I know we hang around Jews all the time. We're going to go there. And Mark was like, Mark would probably say, hey, listen, we try to talk him out of it. We were like, hey, listen, we got a campaign going. Jews for Jesus here. It's happening. We got some, we got some ground. Why do you want to leave and go out of town? You know what I'm saying? Why do you want to go? Like, we're, we got something going on here. Why do you want to go to Mooresville? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why do you want to do that? Who wants to, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no shade on Mooresville. Okay. It's a place. But anyways, <laughs> but like, why would you want to, why would you want to go there? Like we're, this is, this is, this is our people. It's our people. So Mark would say, we had a bad, idea. we did not like this because Jesus talks about, he talked about, he had the sermon. He talked about this mustard seed thing. You guys remember the mustard seed thing? He said mustard seed and it's the smallest mustard seed, but it will create a big tree. Only you need faith of a mustard seed. And the whole idea was that you can deposit something so small in a soil that whatever, but it will grow into something huge. And he was talking about the importance of like understanding that details, small things matter and depositing certain seeds in people's lives matter. They grow into big things. Mark would say, yeah, he did that sermon. And then he was like, let's go to the other side. And, and we were like, no, no, no. But he got on the other side and here's what happened. We got on the other side, like, I'm sorry, we got in the boat to go on the other side. And guess what happened? A storm happened. Anybody remember the story of Jesus calming the storm? We sing songs about it. That's the story. So what happened is, Mark would say, is we got in the boat, then we started going across to this region of Gesina, and here's what happened. A storm comes up, and we knew it. It was a bad sign. It was an omen. Here's why. Jewish people, Jewish land, one God, all good. This other region that we're going to across the pond, Mooresville, okay, this place, pagan gods. No Jewish people. We're going, leaving our territory, we're going to Jewish people. But, okay, first of all, as a rabbi, you probably shouldn't be going there. You're not, you're kind of forbidden, but we're going to do it anyways. And they have like sorcery and all kinds of gods. So when a storm popped up, guess what? They're like, 
I told you. I told you. When you read the story right before this chapter, they're freaking out. They're like, we're going to die. We're going to die. And Jesus is taking a nap. They're like, get him up. We're going to die. He gets up. He's like, what's wrong? He's like, we're going to die. He's like, you, are you kidding me? I'm taking a power nap here. Okay? It's important. And he, he calms the storm. That is the context, by the way, of where we pick it up. So the, the, the disciples have already gone through like, this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. They're all pagan gods out there. But he calms the storm. And all of a sudden they go, oh, hold up, hold up. So you're telling me this guy has more power than all the other gods out there? All right, let's see what's up. What's up? What's up? So they're, pretty, they're feeling pretty good. So that, my friends, is the context where we pick it up. Then they went across. And what happens? Mark would say, it was going good. We felt good. We're like, okay, we got this. We just calmed the storm. It's all good. But verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with a, what, impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in tombs, and no one could bring him, uh, bind him anymore. Not even with a chain, for he had been often chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the, uh, the, uh, the, the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. And Mark was like, and as soon as we got there, this dude walks up and we know he's trouble. We know he looks like a Wolverine. Like what, what's going on? He's, 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 he's going crazy. We're like, oh no, it's just started. As soon as we got there, I'm sure the disciples were like, I told you we were not supposed to be here. Okay, this is not Jewish land. We are among all Gentiles. I just want you to know this is a very important part of the detail here. Jesus intentionally leaves town and goes somewhere else. Also, context. This guy had people. He had family. He had family. They, this was a process. Mark tells us, after the fact, he, was, he basically says, he, he's like, this guy that we found out later, this guy used to do all this stuff. This guy's been struggling with this. And people in town have been trying to subdue him. They've been trying to help him. And people knew him. Chances are, friends, he might have had a family. Chances are, he was, he was part, of the, part of the society, the community there. And they had tried different things. If they're pagan worshipers, which means they have met multiple gods, they tried all kinds of sorcery on this guy. And they were convinced that this guy had demonic stuff on him. They tried anything. And now his life was, he moved from a life of a normal person into a life chained in a tomb and being fed like an animal. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, in life, like we, we, we say yes to some things and we end up being imprisoned by them. We say something, say yes to something, and now it's an addiction. Now we can't control it. And there are people around us that are like asking us to stop. Has someone ever come up to you and said, hey, hey, I think you're doing a little too much of that drinking situation. Like, I think you're doing a little too much of that. And you're like, no, 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 no. I don't know exactly what happened with this guy, but at some point his choices, his, his lot in life, I'm not quite sure. Something happened, but we do know he's tormented. To the point of, not just is he causing all kinds of havoc around, but he's also cutting himself. And I don't know what you, if you know what that feels like or if you can relate to someone, but I've had conversations with people who have done that. And there is a deep sense of like, I, do, I need to be punished. I need to hurt. I need to hurt. 
And sometimes it gets so twisted because it's, it's like, I need to feel something because I don't feel anything else. And if you've had people, family members, who've cut themselves, I mean, this is, this, is, this is that complicated stuff. This isn't like, hey, let's just pray for you. No, this is like deep therapy. This is like serious prayer. This is, this is deeper. I just want you to know, this guy had some deep stuff, like some very traumatic things happen in his life. That, it was, that he was in the middle of that. So, and he's not Jewish. He's allowed certain things in his life. He's allowed certain philosophies. He's allowed certain things that they're not necessarily helpful, godly, spiritual. He just allowed all kinds of stuff in his life. And obviously, it says here that it was, it was demons. So here's what happens. We move on. It says here, when he, when, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. At the top of what? His voice. He shouted, right? He didn't whisper. He shouted. What did he say? He says, uh, what do you want from me? Help me out. What do you want from me? What? Jesus, what? Son of the most high God. In God's name, don't torture me. Now, here's what's profound about this. This guy was not Jewish, right? Pagan. They believed in all kinds of gods. And, and this guy being possessed, being full of trauma, full of, of being broken, full of, a, of whatever you want to call it, for somehow this guy not being insane, if you want, if you, if you will, insane, recognized who God was. But if he was sane, he probably wouldn't. Do you notice something? Like his brokenness recognized God. His addiction recognized who God was. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're in a worship moment, maybe even worship, like actual worship, maybe even this morning as we had such a powerful time, there's, there's a part of you that longs and wants to cling to something. There, there is all kinds of brokenness. Uh, there's all kinds of, um, of, of doubt and fear and flaws. All kinds of things are not right. They know, deep down, they know what true healing, healing looks like. And sometimes I think like our, our addictions recognize God more than we do. Because they know, they know that it, they can heal. They know. And so this guy recognizes and he says it out loud, which all the other people were like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why are you saying this? We are pagan people. We don't believe that stuff. But he was like, you are the son of the most high God. And then what happens? For, and then for Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is, he replied, for we are what? Many. Now, I just want you to know, this is where the story um, illuminates for us. This is where the story, we find out a little bit more about this, this guy, who he was. See, Jesus asks him, this is the only time Jesus is like, I want to know your name. Not that Jesus is curious about, I want to know who I'm talking to. What demon am I talking to? No, he's, he's, he's doing something here, which is so profound. Legion, when he says that in Greek, which was the language right there, it literally, that word literally means a, um, a, a, a camp of soldiers of about 1,500 or 2,000 that would go in into a place and camp out. So that means a legion would be a company of soldiers who would go to a certain place, Okay, which by the way, history says that Romans did exactly that. That's how they conquered. They would go in, conquer lands, and then they would set up in 
encampments of legions, and those legions would have about thousands of soldiers, and they would stay there and take over that territory. So there's something else going on here when he goes, says legions, because everybody else goes, oh, he's using a military term. Now, what's interesting about this, too, is that region, the, the, where they went to, uh, the, uh, the garrison, is actually part of 10 cities, 10 cities where, this is, just, this is uh, amazing to me, 10 cities that were given to, check this out, that were given to um, Gentile Roman soldiers that when they retired from military, they would go and settle in those 10 places. So when Jesus walks into this place in Garrison, uh, he, he walks into this place where the history is that this was settled in by pagan ex-military people of the Roman Empire. So when he's walking in, I just want you to know, he's walking into a place that has history of military. They have history of military people who've been through war and all kinds of trauma and all kinds of killing. Jesus is never random with you. He is intentional. He goes into this place. He knows this is a military town. The city was set up by ex-military. He goes in there on purpose and he asks him the name and the guy says legion, which is again a military term. And so I just want you to know that this is so profound because what's happening here? Layers of it. Hold up, hold up, hold on. So there is a legion is, 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 is about 1,000, 1,500 soldiers. Okay, okay. And what happened here? Well, what happened here is, is that there was legion, demons of about that much in him. So it's pretty symbolic, isn't it? To go, oh, what's, what's happening? The Greeks understand this. The Jew, I mean, I, I think Mark is like still freaked out. He's like, I just still don't know what's going on. We still shouldn't be here. And, but Jesus knows exactly what he's going to heal. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows. He knows. And what's profound about that, friends, is, is what happens after that, right? He says, he, and he begged. It says here, and he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out to the area. And a large herd of what? Herd of what? Pigs were, was feeding on the nearby hillside. By the way, this region, okay, like I told you, the 10 cities, the Decapolis is the, the 10 cities of Decapolis. Um, they were the largest pig farmers. Uh, the, again, not Jewish place because Jewish people cannot eat what? Porks, yeah. So these, this, this, the, a rabbi should have never been here. And Jesus shows up right there. And a large herd of pigs, why? Because they're all, all over the place, was feeding on nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd was about what? Two thousands. Interesting. Interesting. They rushed down in the steep of the banks and into the lakes, and they were drowned. You know what's interesting, too, is the way the Roman Empire and the um, legions of people came and encamped around that place was by water. So I wonder if Jesus is saying something so profound here, where the things that have occupied us, the way they came in, is the same way I will drown them. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Interesting. It's, it's like, what, 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 what is going on here? Well, there's, there's so much going 
on here. The big thing here is that Jesus is there in that moment where it is the most unclean in a sense, um, where it's so complicated. I mean, obviously, demons, what are we, what's happening here? It's, it's in a place where it's too dirty for God to be. Have you ever heard this phrase that when you sin or when we sin, that sometimes God is so disgusted he looks away? Like God can't see there? God can't see? I think that if you ever grew up with that, that that's just a lie. That's not true at all. Like you, when you read the scriptures, he's like, he, he's there right in, in the middle of all of that. In the middle of all of that. And this, 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 when Mark writes the story, friends, other writers of the gospel stories are so like blown away by it. They don't even want to mention this story. They don't want to mention this Decapolis, the 10 cities of the Decapolis. Because again, they were just not Jewish people. And they couldn't believe that Jesus would be going there in the middle of a pigsty, in the middle of this, saving someone's life who was not even Jewish. You remember the prodigal son story? The prodigal son story? Jesus tells a story. And he tells the story of this young guy who, who, who takes his inheritance and goes off and spends it all over. And he goes off to a faraway land. You know what they're referencing? You know what he's referencing? This place, Decapolis. He's referencing Decapolis. That faraway land is this. As if God was like, I'm going to tell this story, but I'm going to actually go there. I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to rescue people out of all kinds of trauma and all kinds of demonic stuff and all kinds of just messy stuff. I'm going to do that. And he tells him, the father ran to the prodigal son and hugged him, even though he was covered in pig filth. And here I am, here I am with this guy in the middle of this, doing the same, same, exact same thing. And what's ha- what happens? We go on reading, it says, those tending the sheep, the, the, the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man being possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there dressed and in, in, the, in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to what? Leave. Last week, please stay, please stay, please stay. This, get out of here. We just, we just don't want you here. Like, what do you do? Like, we, 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 don't, we don't want you here. We don't want you here. And so what happens? Well, the guy reacts too, right? If we keep on reading, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat to leave, pretty much, the man who had been possessed, demon-possessed begged what? To go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go what? Go home. Go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis, the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. If you look up the history of Decapolis, there's a city in there called Hippo. I I think I'm saying it correctly, but you can see it from the Sea Sea of Galilee. And then if you look at it, um, it stands out. But what's Ironic about that is, is that it was the most significant city for the early church in the pagan world. This guy went out and did exactly that. And then the 
the, the, the capital, I think, of Decapolis became the like epicenter of hope for the early church. So when Paul went into the land of the Gentiles, he ended up showing, ended up going there as well. All because this guy was told, you can't go with me. This is the first time Jesus ever told someone, don't follow me. Like, no, you're not coming with me. I want you to go home. I want you to go home. Now, I, I, maybe I'm embellishing. Maybe I'm just making this up. But I can't help but think that there's this, there's this military, this, this, this um, uh, conversation going on. Like he's like, like Jesus gave him an order and he was like, yes, sir. Like, I, I, I can't go. You can't go home with me. I'm giving you this. Like he was basically sending him off to war again. Because I don't know about you, but when you tell your story to your family, it's war. It's war. Have you ever realized that, it's, that there's some of the hardest struggles we face is with uh, people in our family? It's just the hardest things. It's just such a struggle. You're like, why? Is she, why? This should be easy because we are family. But no. Because sometimes your story makes other people afraid. The story of your miraculous healing, the story of your miraculous turnaround just scares people sometimes. And you're not responsible for that. But you are responsible for listening to God, for saying, hey, God, what do you want me to do? And he goes, I, I don't want you to come with me. I don't want you to like, take what you have and just keep it to yourself. I, I don't want you to have this transformation in your life and just like, don't tell people where you got it. I don't want you to have this experience at Mosaic or, and then don't tell people that you go to church. Like, don't do that. I need you to go home. I need you to go home and then talk about and tell the story of God's love and God's mercy. That out of, out of, out of all the people, he would have come and saved you. You who were so not connected to him that he would tr travel a different part a long way off just to meet you and for, for those of you who are listening or watching this later on you're not even in the church experience you feel like you're in the copolis you feel like you're in, in the middle of a pagan society or a pagan world and god's there right there you're like name I, I tell you i just there's so much junk man i'm addicted to all kinds of just i'm so dirty inside i just feel it all right, then own it. Own it. But you don't have to clean up for him. You don't have to clean up for him. You can't clean up for him. He'll do it. He'll do it. And when he does do it, and when he is doing it right now for some of us, let's tell the story of how this God would come. Not just randomly. No. He would go through a storm. He'd go through opposition. He'd go just to reach you. And even after reaching you, if he is rejected, it's okay. But he just came for you. He just came for you. Hey, get out. Jesus, we don't want you. That's all right. That's all right. I came for this guy. I came for this guy. I came for this woman. And after that, everything's going to change. So I just pray that you and I would just own our story 
and not allow our fears and our flaws to shape us, but let allow God's spirit to move us. Let's not let our fears define our purpose and what we're able to do. Let's not allow our flaws to give us a sense of identity. You're not, you were the garrison demoniac. You were that guy. You were the demon-possessed guy. You're not anymore. You're not anymore. You don't have to be anymore. There's a part of us that's this longing and identifies Jesus. Our brokenness, our, our pain, our sin, our trauma knows that is the Son of God. So let's lean into that. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that as we hear these stories, we are reminded, God, reminded that you, you are always intentional with us always intentional with us. You're not random. You know, you know me. And God, for some of us, God, we find ourselves in a place that we've never really said, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I want to go with you. I want to live my life with you. So God, I pray that some of us would say that right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, I give you my life. For others of us, God, as we want to go with you, I pray we hear very clearly, go home. Go home and tell how good God is and has been to you. Go and tell the story of God's grace and mercy. God, I pray that we would have the power to do that. I pray, God, that as we sing this song, as we respond, some of us will go and receive communion. In the, in the communion stations, God, some of us will go light a candle. Some of us will go to the cross. God, regardless what we do during this song, as we respond, God, allow us to be in step with what you're doing. Allow us to really sink into what you're telling us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand again. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.